You're listening to the Reconciling Hope Podcast, where the leadership team of Gospel Hope Church discusses how the Bible transforms our beliefs, actions, and impacts our relationship with God and with others. Well, hey, Gospel Hope family. Uh, Welcome to another episode of the Reconciling Hope Podcast. And we are going to be diving into uh, Luke chapter 12 here as we kicked off our new series called True Treasure. And our hope through this is that our church would be a group of people that really treasures Christ above all. So uh, Rod kicked us off yesterday with the parable about stocks and barns. Um, He'll be here all week, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Is this thing on? Yeah. Uh, So uh, Rod got jokes. So we're going to jump in and, and just talk about this idea of greed and covetous that you unpacked for us yesterday. So Rod, so let, let's let's hit it here. Yeah. Why do you think that we can be blind to greed and covetousness in our life? So for us as Westerners, I'm going to speak there first as my most immediate context. I mean, you, we got to admit that while... Um, United States of America and capitalism is a wonderful experiment and it creates or has the capacity to create incredible opportunity. You know, the, uh, a major part of the backbone of that opportunity is this cliche that I mentioned in the message and that's get all you can and can't all you get. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, these are almost, so greed is not the pillar of our society, but man, the propensity for it is definitely in the spinal column of the, the nerve center of what you know, makes capitalism work. It's like, how can I, yes, capitalism is about the freedom to, you know, for the little man, the middle man and the big man to, to sell and create opportunity. But, um, you know, people chew off their arms to get here and go great distances for exactly that opportunity. And guess what? Opportunity in America is defined as having much, fulfilling your dreams. And so the stuff that we believe fulfills dreams are, right house, right spouse, you know, right car, and uh, and super abundance. And uh, there's just a culture that almost here uh, feeds us to believe that enough is never enough. And so I think, again, circling back to the original question, we can be blind to it because we swim in it. Mm-hmm. We, we, it is, it's like a fish in water. You don't know where you are. You don't know what you're in until you're out of it. And it's like, it's part of how we live, move, and have our being is more and uh, so it's very it's very easy for all of us to uh, want more uh, desire more and be on a quest to get more Mm -hmm. that's good yeah i was thinking exactly that same analogy aristotle's fish where you don't ask a fish what it's like to be wet because that's all they know and so for us in a culture of abundance and affluence it's really easy for us to be completely blind that we swim in that current materialism is all around us greed is all around us and even yep. in us and we yep. don't recognize it Absolutely. so so let me um uh, let me ask you to put on your economist slash theologian hat here for a second so rod are you saying that you think capitalism is evil is that what you're saying no but i believe it is uh it is a human invention and I believe all of your major economic forms, just by virtue of who created them, have inherent flaws. So we are fallen human beings. I mean, I believe the, the picture frame behind you on the wall uh, reflects some kind of flaw because we simply are not perfect. 
Mm-hmm. Capitalism is not evil uh, because I don't believe, you know, I think the Apostle Paul told us, you know, he was talking about sacrifices, things that had even been, you know, potentially dedicated to, to um, idols. He said, there's nothing that is evil in and of itself. Uh, but really it's about how we engage with it, how we engage. And so I think that capitalism is a system of economics that has redemptive potential, redeeming potential. I mean, again, the same capitalism that we just criticize as being this ocean of potential greed that we swim in is the same stuff that funds missionaries, plants mm-hmm. churches, that uh, uh, bankrolls, if you will, some of the, the best and most redeeming work in our, in our society. That is the, the, the source of, of um, so much humanitarian aid in and outside of the church all over the globe is because capitalism has this incredible ability to produce great outcomes when it is leveraged properly and utilized. So really, if there is an evil within capitalism, the evil exists in how we interact or intersect with it, not necessarily inherent within the system itself. That's great. That's great work. So let's let's uh, press into this just a little bit more. You, you talked about the dynamics in your message that different people with different experiences of money have. So what are some of the ways that money can tempt people who don't have it? And Mm -hmm. what are some of the ways that money can people tempt people that do have it? Yeah. So there was a phrase in the message you may be referring to when I said there are certain life circumstances that there's one group of people in our very congregation that they can, they have to pray their way out of and others have to pay their way out of. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, the risk points for both groups are, if you can pay your way out of most of your life difficulties, is to transfer your trust from God to your trust, right? Your mm-hmm. trust fund or your, whatever your, your source of abundance is. I think that's a real temptation uh, uh, and a real risk point for character is that we diminish our faith and our need for God because we are not deeply acquainted with our dependency. Now, mm-hmm. God is gracious and has a wonderful way of, of making us aware of our need for him because there's certain needs that happen in our, that occur in our life, certain practical needs that occur in our life and definitely our spiritual needs that cannot be satisfied through finances. And so God is very gracious, but, but that is an active temptation that is unique to those that have uh, a great deal of abundance is that you, you're able to solve problems that many other people have to seek the faith of the Lord for, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to folks on the other end of the, the wealth spectrum who do find themselves having to pray about everything, I believe there can be an opportunity to look across the economic uh, portal or the other end of the spectrum and accuse those folks of not being spiritual but you raise contempt in your heart and bitterness toward those who have a lot. Accuse them of being inherently greedy because maybe they're not giving the way that you think they should give, even though you don't know what's happening in their total life. Mm-hmm. To desire to be them, to actually covet what they have, uh, which is obviously one of the things that Jesus talked about. It's like, man, you you can wake up and say, man, I'm tired of having to pray about, you know, the most mundane, basic things of life. I, Lord, why can't I have? So then a callous or critical heart toward God and mm. some resentment, um, mm. I think, is also one of the great risk points. So both groups have risk points in how their abundance or lack thereof could impact their faith. Um, so, so those are just a, a couple of examples of how temptation uh, exists. Or, and I also believe 
um, both groups can have this uh, tendency to fabricate a false, a false narrative of salvation. The, the poor can create this narrative in their head and said, man, if we just had this, we'd be all right. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the, uh, the, 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 those who have abundance can say the same thing. Well, because we have just this, we're going to be all right. Like mm-hmm. the rich fool in the narrative that Je- in the parable that Jesus gave us, that was his deal. He kicked up his heels and he felt all was well, uh, even with his soul. And I believe that that passage was so pivotal in saying, he said to himself, so not to his neighbor, but to himself, soul, you have amassed great wealth for yourself. And that was mm-hmm. the area that I wanted to speak to, was the soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like no matter what end of the economic spectrum we find ourselves in, that there is a temptation in our heart to put too much dependency on money. Um, Whether you're rich and you have it and you feel secure or whether you're poor and you don't have it and you think that will be the source of security. Yeah, good word. Um, So Rod, you really kind of throughout the message were doing some deconstruction. how does our culture think about money? What, what are some of the false ideas out there that our culture typically thinks about money? You know, um, you know, there is a belief in our, in our culture today that, you know, those who have the cash have all the influence. So we believe that real cultural change belongs to the super wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, I mean, if you've been following the markets here recently, there is this Reddit forum that produced this uh, what we call a short squeeze on uh, on GameStop stock, and that was a kind of a community that one would consider to be not rich per se, but kind of sticking it to the man and hedge fund uh, uh, folks to to whatever. So so one of the, the cultural things, the cultural thoughts about money is that money equals power, and that money equals ability, money equals influence. There is just this equation that we have. Um, in culture that money is really at the heart of what makes everything move. I think it was the great prophet method man that said, cash money rules everything around me. Uh, and so <laughs> there, there, his, his statement is one of entertainment, but it is quite, um, a, 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 I think it's a pretty accurate assessment of how secular culture thinks about money, that it mm. rules everything around us. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's good. Um, so we talk about, you, you already mentioned this, growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. Which of those three buckets was most on your mind as you were preaching this message? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, kind of, the, kind of the three big ideas were if we want to uh, safeguard our hearts against greed, that we need to invest in the things that God values. Mm. And uh, I believe that growing, you know, in my relationship with God, um, you know, regardless of where I am on the economic spectrum and how that might change. That's one of the beauties of capitalism is that, you know, your economic situation can radically change in just one generation, uh, which is uncharacteristic of many other economic systems. And I think for the person who finds himself here, or whether you're going, what we call it, backwards or forwards or up or down, um, growing in one's knowledge with God is going to be the only way to maintain a balanced worldview, perspective, and a healthy just kind of mindset and demeanor, uh, regardless of where you are. You need to grow. You need to grow to treasure God himself and then treasure the things that he treasured. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and so it, to me, it was that vertical relationship. So this, 
this is a pretty somber or sober passage with a really implicit warning in it. Um, but, but how does this passage give us the reconciling hope of the gospel? Yeah, so Jesus helped us a great deal with this one. It wasn't very obscure, right? Uh, um, Jesus opened the parable by saying, uh, you know, a man's life is worth more than the sum total of his possessions. Mm -hmm. I think the, 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 the reconciling hope of the gospel points us to the fact, well, if that's the, if that's the negative truth, that my life is worth more than that, well, how much is my life worth? And it's not worth what you've accumulated, what you've accomplished. It's not worth any of the features that a capitalist society might uh, say to you represents, you know, a well done or an attaboy. The reconciling hope of the gospel says, here is, uh, you are not your own. Uh, you were bought with a price. And what was that price? It was the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so it is ground zero for where we get value from for human beings, God. And I think that's the reconciling hope that Lord, wow, if I'm poor, what an upgrade in my self-esteem when I recognize that that's what you paid for me. This is what you thought of me. And mm -hmm. if, I'm, if I'm rich and I'm haughty, wow, Lord, what a grounding effect. What a humbling effect it must have for me to look at the cross and say, I cost the same to you as the person that is begging for their next meal, even mm -hmm. though, you know, I have a butler to bring me mine. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so I think that's the, that's the reconciling hope of the gospel is this great equalizer uh, across the globe in all cultures. Mm -hmm. um, and and that, that should bring hope to all of us. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's good. We, we uh, you know, sometimes at Gospel Hope, we talk about this reconciling hope and we're often talking about racially, you know, because that's kind of on the forefront right now. But I think what we've learned in the last couple of years is that there are some other divides that are as significant as those. The, the generational divide is one that often gets overlooked that's very significant. The political divide and mm -hmm. the economic divide that, that exists and the real hope for people from all those different categories coming together in real unity is the work of Jesus on our behalf. Yeah. Amen. Well, thanks, Rod. Great message, uh, as always. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to working through this and I'm really praying that the Lord would impact our hearts as leaders and our church family as a whole, that we would treasure Jesus above all things and think about money and possessions in light of eternity from a biblical perspective. So I'm excited about studying this together. Amen. Great. Well, signing off Gospel Hope. Hope to see you on our next Reconciling Hope podcast. Thank you for listening to the Reconciling Hope podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future content on podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Gospel Hope Church is located in Atlanta, Georgia, with the mission of making disciples who are growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. If you're interested in learning more, tune into our Facebook Live services Sundays at 11 a.m. or check out gospelhopechurch.com.